This is Direct Line. And now your hosts, Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Well, good morning. Welcome to Direct Line. It's Thursday, February 17. Greg and Steph, how was Florida? It was warm. Yes? Yeah. No snow. I heard you guys got snow on Sunday. We did. We did. Unannounced, unexpected, but it was okay. We did all right. Good. And so you're about to be a grandma. Yes, in about a month. You were there to celebrate, baby right? Okay, yeah, yeah. So good deal. She's cooking. That well, baby's cooking. Well, there you go. Yeah. I, I saw a picture. <laughs> that, that is exciting. It is exciting. That's right. Yeah. Well, hey, I have been um, anxiously anticipating <laughs> this week's have. direct line yeah. for quite some time. I watched a movie over Christmas break that actually came out a couple months before that called mm-hmm. the Jesus Music Movie. Right. Uh, produced by Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant. And I have brought two of my good friends mm-hmm, to join us mm-hmm, today. Mm-hmm. Wayne Kent, welcome back to Direct Line. Hi, well, thank Wayne. you. It's good to be here on Direct Line. Of course, you are Mr. Direct Line. You're well, the reason there is a Direct Line. Perhaps. Originally, yes. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but you're retired, Mr. I've, Direct I've, Line. I've, I've, direct Line indicator is no longer at yes. present. So uh, we went off the air in February, or in January, pardon me. Right. And so 16-year run with Direct wow. Line. That's great. Congratulations. But we're yes. done for now. And you know, I need to apologize to you as we get started. You invited me to a lovely party the the last night of Direct Line, and you gave me the microphone that night. Right. And I was just trying to get a couple <laughs> cheap laughs. They were cheap. And, and uh, I was telling a story that Wayne was just you know lost it on the air. He was laughing so hard, uh-huh. and I made the comment he was cackling like Kamala Harris. <laughs> and some of the people that were there that night did not appreciate that uh, that reference. So I apologize, Wayne. I don't for... know that apologies are necessary. Okay, okay. You, you may be in the eyes of some of those people. <laughs> right. Yeah. But anyway. don't get me going. Greg. Anyway, I know I'm gonna be t- good today. For you guys, we did radio together Many for years, years Many upon years, years and yes. we so, more than once. So you've retired and you're back at it. In less than a month. Yeah, there you go. I mean, Back on direct line. Yeah. yeah, right. That's right. That's right. But I'm not doing it every week, which okay. is a different deal. Because okay. usually I would be on the air Wednesday mornings at 6 o'clock. Right. And then Wednesday evenings from 5 to 6. So wow. it was a, those were long days. Are you enjoying sure. your Wednesdays? I am. That's I good. Am. Yes. That's good. But, you know, so I'm still I'm still at work. I'm That's still right. I'm a first Christian, but yeah. right. not doing radio other than this. Well, good stuff. Also with us is Dale Daniel, who, when you were in Florida, was leading worship for Celebrate Recovery. I know. And did a great job. <laughs> I know. Oh, thanks. I know. And so Thank all you. of us have watched this movie, mm-hmm. the Jesus yes. music movie. We have pushed our audience right. to check it out. And I want to just start kind of general reflections. And then I want to kind of talk era at a time, uh, just the impact that music has had mm-hmm. and even how it's impacting the local church today. So Wayne, I'm going to start with you. Okay. You just watched it. Is that right? I watched it over the weekend. Yeah. Yes. And so last couple of days, last couple of days, give me some takeaways. Um, it's fat. Cause I was involved in music from the late sixties. Right. All the way through to present. And right. some of the players that you saw on the movie, mm-hmm. I've had the privilege of being on stage with. Wow. Yep. And um, so sort of, in, not sort of, absolutely involved in the music industry from a ministry perspective and got to play piano or keys or trombone yeah. with all kinds of groups and bands across all sorts of Christian and non-Christian, but Christian um Endeavors, if you will. Yeah. So um, it was fascinating to see some friends. It was yeah. fascinating to see uh, what was said and what wasn't said. Because okay. how do you cover, say, forty years, forty-five years of music? Yeah. In such a brief period right. of time. Right. Uh, but Under two hours. Right. Right. It's a great movie. Fascinating. Yeah. I mean, we, my wife and I, Leslie and I, we sat there afterwards and just go, "Wow, that was fascinating to watch that and yeah. sort of have." 
some of our lives played out on a screen. I don't mis- mislead you. Right, right. You didn't see us on right. the screen. <laughs> right, right. But you connected. With, Absolutely. Yeah, we saw awesome. friends on the screen. We saw people that we'd played with. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it was my privilege over the years to play small concerts and yeah. big concerts, like yeah. 60,000 people. So That's yeah, I could sort of relate yeah. what it was like. Yeah. Hmm. Dale, what about you? Yeah, you know, uh, I was listening to Wayne talk about his involvement with the music. I, I think, you know, early in the 70s, I began to be exposed to a lot of the Jesus music. I okay. had a youth minister at that time uh, at my church who was uh, very heavy into music, and uh, he he exposed us to some of these uh, new these artists. I mean, like uh, some of which were not mentioned in the video that I thought should have been, yeah. like Randy yeah. Matthews or Barry Maguire, especially. I was really surprised Barry Maguire wasn't there because he he would have been considered one of the major crossovers from a very fairly successful uh, secular career into Christian music. Okay, uh, I mean he was a big lead in uh, new Christy Minstrels in the sixties. Oh, uh, he had uh, he he had a number one top-selling song called Eve of Destruction in 1965. Yeah. And uh, he was uh, the lead star on Broadway's uh, Hair. Wow. At that time. And then in 1971, he became a uh, a Christian. Wow. And his life completely Everything changed. changed. He transferred, you know, he came over. And uh, he, in fact, he's... He's in his mid eighties and still doing music. Man, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's amazing. You know, it was you know, Christian music is such a broad subject, mm-hmm. and for them to try to cover everything, yeah. in a two almost two hour movie would have been, I think a a kind of a series documentary would have mm-hmm. been, yeah, yeah, been really effective. Yeah. Now, Steph, you are a music minister, worship right. minister. Right. What do you think? Well, I didn't know any of the names from like the 60s and 70s. I grew up in a pretty uh, fundamental church where we were not allowed to listen to that kind of music. Okay. Even though it was Jesus music, right. it was considered not Jesus music. Well, so. and we're going to come back to that okay. because that was a part of the movie yeah. that was yeah. an eye-opener yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. So a lot of those uh, people I did not know, um, but... I when I went to college, I was exposed to it and and fell in love with Christian music, obviously. And yeah. so, you know, I love the old hymns as well, but I love the expressiveness that comes from this music that we're talking about um, out, of, out of the movie. But I didn't know a lot of those earlier ones, and I certainly have never shared a stage with any of them. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about was it the Jesus People Movement or the Jesus Move? What would they call it, Wayne? Uh, yeah, there were Jesus People. It comes out of the '60s. If you yeah. think about what happened in the '60s, you had hippies. Right, and they grew their the gentlemen grew their the men grew their hair long. The women wore long dresses and mm-hmm. and uh, no sandals or no shoes and right. Your right. flowers in your hair and all that sort of stuff. And it was very much an anti-establishment movement. Okay, and so if there was anything that was establishment in those days, you'd say it'd be churches. Yeah, and so for churches to accept hippies was oh, I ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. And there was a congregation in Southern California mm-hmm. which became known as Calvary Chapel mm-hmm. where they said, hey. To all you hippies, come right. and become a, fo- a follower of Christ mm-hmm. and uh, come to our worship services. And their music influenced that congregation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't only in Southern California, I should point out, right. that that happened. Right. Right. But that's what got the attention of the nation, mm-hmm. at least from the U.S. point of view. But it was going on. I mean, in the church I grew up in, in the 60s, I remember as a, 12th, as a, as a 12-year-old in sixth grade, mm-hmm. the leadership of the church coming and saying, we're going to do music differently in the future, and we yeah. want you to be part of it. Here's an instrument. We're going to make a band, yeah. which was like 
I Unheard mean, of, yeah. Introduced me to jazz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Stunning. Some of the names that were mentioned, Glenn Kaiser from the Res Band, Resurrection Band, right. um, Chuck Gerard, Greg Laurie. I mean, he's a great evangelist mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Lonnie Frisbee. Is that right? Is that, is that I don't a know name, who that I would think? be. Yeah. He was one of the ministers at Calvary Chapel. He's right. the guy that looked like Jesus, basically, right. with blonde hair, the long hair. Mm-hmm. You got Chuck Sadly, Smith. I think he went off the rails. Did he? Okay. Mm-hmm. You've got um, the Maranatha album. You know, right. um, mm-hmm. and, and talk a little bit about Maranatha. Its roots were in Calvary Its Chapel. roots were in Calvary. Calvary right. Chapel, when um, years later, when I played with, um, I hope I'm not dropping names here, I played as the keys player for a lot of the Promise Keepers events mm-hmm. around the country. And it was basically Maranatha guys that were all, okay. I mean, they were all the Maranatha guys who were in the band yeah. for the most part or singing. Yeah. And so that was. Um, Hanging out again, names that weren't mentioned in the yeah. in the movie, but they were all there. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So other names that were mentioned: Keith Green, who of course died tragically. Second chapter of Acts. Now, Wayne, you said at lunch today when we were talking, Andre Crouch, you thought didn't get enough credit he, in that, the movie. Yeah, that's my take because it makes it sound like the contemporary Christian music is a white yeah church yeah. event, and yeah. I think if you got to if, to understand. Contemporary Christian music today, you have to take into account the impact of the African-American church of the yeah. 60s and 70s. Yeah. Yeah. I played a gig with uh, Andre Crouch. It was probably the most one of the most nervous times I've ever been because <laughs> yeah. you never knew where he was going to go. He'd just yeah. be pulling. I'm playing keys right beside Andre Crouch, yeah. hoping that I can read his hands as yeah. to what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, phenomenal experience. Phenomenal musician. Yeah. Um, his sister, Sandra, who was also in that gig, was a tambourinist. Now okay. Go, that's She sang and <laughs> wow. she yeah. played tambourine. Huh. Wow. And between Andre playing piano and Sandra, his twin sister, playing tambourine and singing, you didn't need anything else. Wow. I have never to this day heard anybody do with a tambourine really? what she did. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. That's huh. great. She, we would say she was in the pocket. I mean, yeah. she just laid it down hmm. and you didn't get out of the groove. It was like, go for it. Hmm. Yeah. Now, one other name, Dale, that came up was the name Larry Norman. Yes. Were you a Larry Norman fan or not? <laughs> I, knew, I knew of Larry Norman. He yeah. was, uh, uh, what, what was it? He was like, uh, I was always said he was too secular for yeah. Christians, yep. uh, Christian crowd, too Christian for the yeah. secular crowd. He but could they always said he was the first star, really. I, I don't know if that's right or not. Now, you would make the case, Wayne, maybe Andre Crouch, but yeah. um, they really in this uh, movie. Two different styles. Yeah, really said yeah. he really had a following. And now you tell me if you think WBGL <laughs> would play a song with these lyrics today. Okay, here's the lyrics. Sipping whiskey from a paper cup, you drown your sorrows till you can't stand up, shooting junk till you're half insane, broken needle in your purple vein, gonorrhea on Valentine's Day, you're still looking for the perfect lay why don't you look into Jesus? He's got the answer. Hmm. I'm not sure WBGL's no. playing that today. You know? <laughs> Probably not. We could reach out to Lindsay and see if that's something that they would do. But um, he really was kind of a shock to the system, it sounds like. He was. Yeah, he was. And I think that was really uh, characteristic of what was happening with the Jesus movement and, and the hippies. I mean, it was very countercultural. Yeah. And uh, they were exploring every areas. Uh, the sexual revolution was really spawned out of the hippie movement and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. just that anti-establishment just uh, movement, just like like Wayne mentioned. But yeah. uh, so, you know, people were wanting to talk about real things right. and real mm-hmm. issues that were going on in their lives. And so the music was very reflective yeah. of that. 
Now, they say the culmination of this movement happened in 1972. There was an event in Dallas right. where, what, 250,000 people or something show up, yeah. explode. Is that what they called it? It was. It was Expo 72. But there was a person that was instrumental in it that I had no idea. Billy Graham yes. steps in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, one of you, talk a little about uh, the influence of Billy Graham on this movement. Okay, so at Expo 72, they, uh, I remember them having lots of photos from that event, and then they came up with Bibles with those photos on the front of the Bible with Billy Graham and everybody doing this like a one-way yeah. with their main finger. And I remember I was probably... 12, 14, somewhere there, yeah. 72. So I'm, I'm 14 years of age. I remember getting a stencil of that and putting that one-way sign wow. on my jeans, on the thigh of my jeans. <laughs> It'd be like yeah. ninth grade so yeah. that people would know, from my perspective, <laughs> there's only one way. And that <laughs> that event in Dallas influenced me to have enough guts to actually do that in high school. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. I think the other thing about Billy Graham, because he was such an unlikely hero, uh, unlikely supporter of what was happening with Jesus Music because you had almost uh, across churchdom, uh, there was such an anti-movement of the Jesus, you know, feel for the Jesus movement. Watch out for for these people. I mean, even even many of those within within Billy Graham's circle were very concerned about him Mm -hmm. taking this stance. Right. uh, And and he was he was adamant about it. He said, we have to embrace this because this is yeah. this is where if we want to reach the next generation, this is what we need to do. Yeah. And I uh I I you know I've always had a great admiration for Billy Graham and it yeah. when I saw that in yeah. the documentary, it yeah. just it went I think Elevated tenfold at, yeah. at that. He appears twice in this case and then a little bit later. We'll talk about that a little yeah. bit later. But I just thought what a pioneer yeah. he was um, you know, he doesn't look like he fits. You know, right. <laughs> you see the video and you're kind of like, who's this guy in a suit? But yeah. that's just what his heart was. And I think that's a lesson, Stephanie, for us mm-hmm. to make sure we're getting older, you know. Sure. Yep. And we so just to make sure. Yeah. Well, and I mean, at the end of the day, I think he saw these are people yeah. that they're realizing drugs aren't the answer. Right. They're realizing, you know, this lifestyle is not the answer. And Jesus is. And right. he wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. I think so. you've got to put it this way. I, unfortunately, People's concern about the hippies and yeah. anti-establishment became their ideology. It became their ideology, and they began to um, judge character and culture mm. by their yeah. ideology mm-hmm. yeah. instead of their theology. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And ideology became theology, yeah. and we ended up with a whole sorts of mess across mm. the board. Well, we could go on and on, but this is a very long first segment, so we're going to take a break. Okay. When we come back, I want to talk about the transition that took place into the 1980s, and I think you're going to recognize some of the yes. artists yes. in the 1980s. Yeah. You're listening to Direct Line, Wayne Kent, Dale Daniel, Stefan Gregg. We'll be right back. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley Smith Marty LLC. Member SIPC. Looking for a job that offers flexible hours, competitive pay, 401k options, and a few extra perks? This is Deanna Witzel from the Witzel Family McDonald's, and we are hiring. This is Rob Witzel, area supervisor. We are hiring managers, custodians, and crew members at all locations in Covington, Danville, Oakwood, Hoopston, and Georgetown. Hourly pay for custodians and crew members is up to $13 an hour, and manager pay is up to $17 an hour. 
Just fill out the online application today at mchire.com or stop by any of our locations. Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyds of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. Hans Tankwash is thankful for the impact of Women's Care Clinic in Danville. Here now from Executive Director Bethany Hager. For almost 30 years, Women's Care Clinic has provided free services to local women and men making pregnancy decisions. We offer pregnancy testing, ultrasound scanning, parenting education, group support, and assistance with all the items parents need to welcome home baby. Thank you, Vermillion County, for all your support. Find us at danvillewcc.org or call 217-431-0987. You know, it's easy to make promises. The hard thing is keeping them. Sunset promises to carry your load at a most difficult time. To the communities they serve, they promise to be there for your children, your churches, and your organizations. Sunset promises to help our veterans. They will support them with the same level of commitment these veterans had as soldiers defending our freedom. I'm Judy Fraser, and if you're looking for a family that keeps their promises, I would suggest you make just one phone call. Sunset Funeral Homes and Cremation Centers. Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line on this Thursday morning. We're so glad if you stuck around with us for the first segment, you know that we're going to keep talking about Christian music. And so I hope our friends are listening and that some of the names that we talk about this morning will bring back some good memories, maybe of growing up and, um, you know, maybe some of that transition for for you. I mean, I was was born in 69. So these 70s people that we're talking about, I really didn't know. But let's talk 80s. Those are my kind of people that I recognize. I I thought the the movie did a great job basically transitioning from the, the Jesus people yeah. movement in the yeah. early days into when it really kind of became an industry in yes. a lot of ways yes. and how it was the fastest growing type of a music mm-hmm. in America mm-hmm. that people were just really drawn to it, really excited about it. And so this would be groups like DeGarmo and Key, mm-hmm. Striper, Ooh. Petra. Remember those guys? I remember. And, and, yeah. and I remember being told they are of the Watch devil. Out. Yeah, They're yeah, of the yeah. devil. So let's get into because that. Because of their looks. Well, really. Uh, and I mean, I guess their sound too. But. Well, you know, Striper, I mean, they looked like Kiss. Yes. Only, you know, the, yes. the colors were black and yellow. Yeah. But, I mean, they're singing about Jesus, yes. you know? Yes. Now, that's not my style. Mm-hmm. I'm not a headbanger. Mm-hmm. But one of the guys that's featured is a guy named John Cooper, who we talked about two weeks right. ago on Direct Line Skillet. from the band Skillet. Mm-hmm. And do you remember the quote that he said? He said, my parents would rather me go to jail for murder <laughs> Than be a Christian rock right, artist. Right. Um, what's up with that? Just that mindset. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And you think today he is an incredible theologian. Oh, yes. Still yes. playing in Skillet. Yes. But if you look at his writings today, right. there's nobody more straight right. down the mm. middle right. than him. Right. Mm. 
So let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about Michael Sweet from Striper. Mm-hmm. He's in a band with his brother, their, their kids. The brother says, we really need to watch this guy on TV, and it's Jimmy Swagger. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Swagger preaches, and he offers the, the sinner's prayer. Mm-hmm. The whole family, they, they pray that prayer together. Mm-hmm. They begin this walk with Jesus mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, he says in the movie, basically, you know, he was our spiritual father in all of this. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, after Striper's kind of hit their mm-hmm. peak, Mm-hmm. They show uh, a Jimmy Swagger um, session taking place mm-hmm. and basically holding up an album of Striper mm-hmm. that Michael Sweet's on and basically saying, this is of the devil. This is the devil's music. Mm-hmm. Stay away from it. And just the devastation right. from Michael Sweet, I just thought was mm-hmm. absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. What do we do with that? What's the answer? What do you think? Again, I'll go back to what we said before the break. Ideology became more important than theology. theology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the ideology was formed simply through cultural musical tastes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. if you that clip that showed Jimmy Swaggart complaining about mm-hmm. Christian rock music, if you did you notice the set he was on? He was yeah. on stage with a full band, <laughs> a, a full know. rhythm section right behind him, a full set of drums. I'm going right. And if you want, I mean, if, right. if you could see Jimmy Swaggart today in his 80s and yeah. the stuff he's doing, yeah, it's it's old time gospel, but it is on the other hand. Yeah really fairly contemporary as well. And I'm going, it's just, frankly, it was an absurd statement that he probably, mm-hmm. I would hope he would regret mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I hope. But it was very reflective of a lot, a lot of what people thought. I mean, I was uh, in college, Bible college, in the late 70s, and there was already a lot of discussion and um, criticism about Christian music, about this Jesus music that was coming up. And You're uh, saying when you're a student. I'm a student. Okay. I'm okay. a student, and yeah. I'm hearing this. You and what's know? the criticism? Just that it's the beat? You know, well, well that... that was one. One, okay. one professor tried to make a point about the 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 drum beat uh, offsetting your heart rhythm, natural cardio rhythm. When people said that to you, just want to go, oh, you're an idiot. Yes, you well, want to say that? You're an idiot? Well, and, I, and I'm a percussionist, too. And I, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I'm going, no, that's not how it works. It doesn't right. work that way at all. Yeah, yeah. Frankly, I, it's my conviction it was a lot of it was based on racism. Really? Because there was this group out there, a guy named Bill Gothard, and the basic youth in conflicts yeah. mm-hmm. traveling around the country, and he used mm-hmm. to say, any music that emphasizes the second and fourth beat, which is if you're a snare drummer, one, two, three, right. four, right. one, two, mm-hmm. you know, right. the emphasis right. on two and four. He said anything like that's from Africa. It's African music, which means it's wow. devil music. And, we'll go, oh my. and I remember going, dude, do you know how racist that is? Right. Yeah. Right. And it was. Yeah. Right. I, I, just horrendous. Since yeah. when is anything that God created mm. bad unless right. we make it bad? Mm. Right. So to think mm-hmm. that a part of a, a particular group's culture be it white people, black people, African, um, you know, um, European, right, and they've right. got a particular way in which they approach music. H- how would you declare? How could you dare declare mm-hmm. that as being ungodly? Mm-hmm. Now you might use it for ungodly. See, I've got right. me, you've got me preaching, right. dude. Right. Mm-hmm. It's culture. Right. It's the way in which people so, express God's work with So in my church, with music, you were not allowed to hold a microphone because it was too close to your intimate zone. And as a kid, I'm thinking, well, isn't that about a foot lower? <laughs> Then where you hold, your, your, what? yeah. So those, I mean, that's that was the kind of, I, I mean, not it's, not only the type of music, but you cannot hold a microphone because that is too close to your intimate zone. Well, where are you holding the microphone? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I've weird, never, I've heard weird a lot of things, but never that. Oh, I know. We know, Dale. Yeah. I thought of the second 
Sunday in November last year when you and I were in a Bangaroo mm-hmm. Ivory Coast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the worship for the GLS, it was a whole lot different than what we have here at Second Absolutely. Church. It was. A whole lot louder than yes. what we and, have here yes. at Second Church. And praise the Lord that yes. the expressions but, of God's yes, creativity can yes. be so broad. Yes. I, I was moved to tears. I, the only words I think I heard were Yahweh and Adonai. I didn't get anything <laughs> else but just to watch my African brothers mm-hmm. and sisters in Christ literally worshiping with all their heart. Mm-hmm. I just thought... And their body. What, they what use you, their body to worship. Yes. I mean, they... Yes. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, for some reason, that was a disconnect mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Now, one more thing about Striper um, that I thought was just really cool that I didn't know. MTV would not play their music because they sang about Jesus mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. And then along came, and I'm trying to remember what it was called... Um, dial-up MTV. It was a contest where the fans mm. could decide the music that would be played. And Striper beat Motley Crue, wow. Poison, and Bon Jovi going away. Wow. They had such a strong fan base, and MTV had to play the Striper music video. Which, are there music videos anymore? Not I mean, the, does not MTV my, play no. music anymore, or is it all <laughs> reality? It's, TV it's all different. Yeah. But no. back in the day, kids, <laughs> that's they how used to actually play music videos, <laughs> that's right? Right? That's yeah. right? I'm calling people kids. That's funny, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Hey, Amy Grant and Michael W. <laughs> Smith are featured prominently. They're the producers behind this. When you think Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, uh, what comes to mind? My college years yeah. and my friendships yeah. in college. And friends are friends Friends forever. are friends forever. Yeah. I think yeah. that was my college <laughs> yeah. graduation yes. song. The greatest camp song ever. Yeah. You're a high schooler. On Friday know? night. Yeah. Friends are yeah. friends yeah. forever. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm watching the movie last night, taking notes. Uh-huh. Marla's grading math papers in the other room, and that music comes right. on, and she says, oh, it just brings a tear to my eye. I remember yes. that. And I was, well, so, but yeah. the industry that was birthed from them. Yes. I mean, I, yes, it started early in the 60s and 70s, but to me, they are like the, I don't know, they really pushed Christian music and advanced it in a great way. So that's what I think of it. They're like industry makers. You know, what's interesting about uh, my experience with Amy Grant was that I was, uh, during college, I was actually involved with the campus ministry, University of Tennessee. And uh, I I was gathered there on one Sunday and uh, having a conversation with this young lady from Nashville. And she was talking about her sister, how her sister is really starting up and coming with uh, with doing uh, Christian music. And And I said, well, What's your What's your sister's name? And said uh, Amy Grant, and I had oh, wow. and I had never heard of her right. name yeah. before. Right. And she got an album. She had an album with her and showed me her first album, which is this kind of a uh, taupe, sepia yeah. color, just yeah. very uh, kind of abstract hmm. picture. Yeah. It wasn't very complimentary, of yeah. Amy. And I, I'm looking at it. Go well. You know the sister. <laughs> sister has out the looks, you. but Amy's got the voice. Yeah, you know? and that oh. was my. Yeah. That was, I'm yeah. serious. Oh. Yeah. I'm serious. That was oh. uh, that was my that first was takeaway experience yeah. with Amy Grant. And, huh. and, uh, well, she kind of talks changed. about it. How she wasn't flashy. You know, no, and I she think. Wasn't. Um, Someone, maybe Bill Gaither, wanted her to come in and sing at a concert and had talked about Sandy Patty and how Sandy Patty had just brought down the house. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, if you're looking for someone to bring down the house, (laughs) you're probably not looking for me. And here's the quote she said. She said, my music is more like a good, comfortable pair of house Mm -hmm. shoes. And it is. It is. But I will tell you, before long, she probably became the face Mm -hmm. of Christian music Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Baby, baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so... (laughs) In that, she was one of the first people to kind of really try to cross over into the mainstream music world, but that was not embraced by all. There were some no, that, again, that us, really pushed back. Greg, us Christians were such a judgmental group. We, yeah. we, we, mm-hmm. we, you know, I, when people say, Jesus said, don't judge, uh, you, you're taking that out of context. Right. 
No, you, if you're a follower of Christ, you have to make judgments every day about what to do and what not to do. Right. And you have to make judgments who you're going to hang with and everything. But yeah. on the other hand, as Christians, I mean, I speak for myself or for Mike, we got so many hang-ups and we, mm-hmm. we transpose so many of our struggles onto other people and thus we become judgmental. And I go, give it a rest. Give yeah. it a rest. Is, is, is someone striving with everything they can do to honor Christ? Yeah. Does it really have to be Christian lyrics to honor Christ? I don't right. think so. Mm-hmm. Well, and to mm-hmm. me, the fact that you have someone like that going mainstream, I would much rather them sing along to a song like that than some of what, the other songs. Well, whatever or, uh, yeah. song may be. Yeah. But someone that you know this is a Christ follower, mm-hmm. you know this is someone that believes that Jesus is the answer. I mean, there is a lot of garbage out there, to use your term earlier. There's a lot of perverting that has taken place mm-hmm. out there. I just don't get that. As Larry Norman said, why should the devil have all the good yeah, music? that's right. <laughs> that's, that's the right. truth. Right. That's right. Why should that's the right. devil have all the good music? But um, I, I remember, I think it was uh, DeGarmo that, that said along these lines, he said, this song's going to be a hit, this album's going to be a hit, but you're going to catch a lot of hell. Mm-hmm. And they did, it sounds like, from, from Christians. And there was a quote by Mylon Lefevre. You guys remember Mylon Lefevre? Here's yeah. what he said. Rejections from the world, they're no big deal. But rejections from the church, this is your family. See, mm-hmm. you got to remember, a lot of this whole stuff started back in gospel music with gospel quartets. The Lefevres yeah. were a family gospel quartet, and he broke broke tradition and said, I'm not going to do gospel music quartet style. Wow. And he went out and started doing rock music. It got him in a lot of trouble. Okay. And so in many ways, this Christian music industry, if you yeah. go back to the 40s, yeah. and the all-night sings of gospel quartets, and then families would come like the Spears, yeah. and then 60s, you got the Gaithers, um, the Cathedral Quartet, mm-hmm. the yeah. Blackwood Brothers, all of those, trust me, there was a lot of industry involved in that, on all that yeah. stuff back then as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just moved with the Jesus movement yeah. from gospel quartet, mm-hmm. you know, daddy sang bass, mama sang right. tenor stuff, right. <laughs> right. to actually right. putting, right. having orchestrations and drums mm-hmm. and some rock and roll. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was a kid when Elvis Presley came out with his hymns album. Yeah. And it's what put Bill Gaither on the on the map because yeah. he recorded Bill Gaither's song "He Touched Me," hmm. and yeah. suddenly Bill Gaither became a household name hmm. yeah. because Elvis recorded one of these uh, new songs, right. 1962, mm-hmm. 63. Mm-hmm. Wow. These new Christian songs, and that, if anything, I think you could, might be able to. So think about that. Maybe is when the, the industry changed. Okay, hmm. it could be. Hmm. Could be. Um, one of the things that was just heartbreaking for me was the number of struggles that many of these artists had. Mm-hmm. And some of it was of their own doing. Some of it was heartbreak involving children or tragedies along the way. But there was this interesting conversation. Um, I think I want to meet Bill Gaither. I mean, he just seemed like a great, great person uh, listening to him talk. I do it soon. <laughs> yeah, right. Quite the sage. Put that on your A-list. Yeah, right. What'd you say, Dale? I said he, he's quite the sage. Yeah. He's just down the road, dude. Yeah. He's just a few miles over yeah. in Indiana. But the thing that I loved about it is he said Jerry Falls well had called him up and just given him a really hard time. This is when Amy Grant had went through a divorce and Russ Taff had battled alcoholism. And I can't, I can't remember. There'd been some moral failures that took mm-hmm. place and Falwell was really giving him the business, basically saying, you know, I'm hearing these stories and I don't know if I can trust any of these people or not. And I'm just really, really worried. I'm really, really concerned about it. And I love the, the quote that he said, he said, 
Jerry, if you're waiting for me to get a room full of unflawed artists, it's not going to happen. These are human beings in a special kind of way, and they're trying to work through it in their earthly bodies, and sometimes they make mistakes. Mm. I, that just sounds like grace. grace, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know? For sure. Beautiful. Yeah. And I just yeah. thought, um, to me, this movie, it really makes me say, I want to be like Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. I want to have the heart of a Bill Gaither. Mm-hmm. And it makes me say, I hope I never come off like a Jimmy Swagger mm-hmm. or a Jerry mm-hmm. Falwell mm-hmm. in some of these situations. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts, Steph? Well, you, you quoted this Al Andrews, this counselor. He says the pop audience and the country audience are more forgiving than the Christian audience. And I think yeah. that is so true. And that, but isn't that tragic? It, yeah, it is. I mean, and, and so for me, that's Even today, it, within the have, church, yeah. there's so much, why don't you sing my kind of music? Right. Or, well, what is your kind of music? Right. I don't know what that is. Right. And it's right. not probably the same music as the right. person sitting next to you. I don't right. know what that is. So. Right. Yeah, we're pretty yeah. judgmental. Ben Merrill. Mm. You guys know the name Ben Merrill. I don't know if you've met Mm-mm. Ben or not. I think he's 95 this mm. year. One of the legends in the Christian church, Church of Christ world. Um, he said that he used to tell his worship minister, if I come to a Sunday morning service and I love the music, it just appeals to me every way, I'll need to find a new worship mm. minister. Because mm. we're not trying to connect with the 83-year-olds. Mm-hmm. We're trying to connect with the 30-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And the forty-year-olds, and when he shares that illustration, uh, the looks that he gets sometimes mm-hmm. are not the the looks of affirmation necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot we can learn. Well, hey, we're going to go to break um, our second and final break. When we come back, I want to talk about what's happened with music up to today and the way that it's really transformed our church and many churches. The modern worship mo- mo- uh, movement. I can't talk. Wayne Kent, Dale, Daniel, Greg, and Steph. You're listening to Direct Line. We'll be right back. Looking for a job that offers flexible hours competitive pay, 401k options, and a few extra perks? This is Deanna Witzel from the Witzel Family McDonald's, and we are hiring. This is Rob Witzel, area supervisor. We are hiring managers, custodians, and crew members at all locations in Covington, Danville, Oakwood, Hoopston, and Georgetown. Hourly pay for custodians and crew members is up to $13 an hour, and manager pay is up to $17 an hour. Just fill out the online application today at mchire.com or stop by any of our locations. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley Smith Marty LLC. Member SI. PC. Hi, I'm Linda Darby, and I'm part of the third generation of Darbys to own Sunset Funeral Home in Memorial Park. Since the 1960s, our family has been proud to serve Vermilion County by providing unmatched dedication and personalized service to families. And I'm Ross Darby. I'm part of the fourth generation in our family business. I want to introduce you to Hall of Fame plaques and signs. We promise to provide you with the same level of service at our sign shop that you've grown accustomed to at our funeral homes and cemetery. With a name like Hall of Fame, it's going to be great. Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. 
As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyds of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. Hans Tankwash is thankful for the impact of Women's Care Clinic in Danville. Here now from Executive Director Bethany Hager. For almost 30 years, Women's Care Clinic has provided free services to local women and men making pregnancy decisions. We offer pregnancy testing, ultrasound scanning, parenting education, group support, and assistance with all the items parents need to welcome home baby. Thank you, Vermillion County, for all your support. Find us at danvillewcc.org or call 217-431-0987. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. It's Thursday, February 17th. Greg and Steph with our friends Dale Daniel and Wayne Kent. We're talking the Jesus music movie and just mm-hmm. Christian music in general, but we couldn't do Direct Line without our great sponsors. Who are we saying thank you to? Yeah, we're thankful to Dean and Gina Crandall with Morgan Stanley, the team at Hans Tankwash, the Darby family with Sunset Funeral Home, Don and Deanna Witzel with McDonald's, Chris and Daisha Robinson with Robinson Chiropractic, and Bill and Mary Lou Knight with Lakewood Insurance. And so one of the things that this movie does not expand upon as much as I would have liked is really the impact of the modern worship music, I would say, in the last 20 years. Okay. And they do a little bit with Hillsong. They do a little bit with Delirious. You, you see Chris Tomlin some. But it seems to me that many, many churches have transformed in the last 15, 20, 25 mm-hmm. years, uh, maybe more recently than that, because of the phenomenon of modern worship music. First of all, is that right? Or is it not that broad of a transition? What would, I would you say? I would say is not as many churches have transformed as should. Okay. 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 A lot have. Yeah. But, and I, I'm not. Some people think, well, if we if we start using contemporary music, our church is going to be fixed. No, it's not a panacea. Yeah. Just yeah. putting contemporary music on stage. Right. Does not fix the church in its mission. Right. No, the mission is that we want to bring. We want to take the story of Jesus Christ that's in this building to the communities around us. Right. That's the mission. What does it require to do that? It yeah. may not be contemporary music. As a matter of fact. From some of the millennials are asking, can we go back and do very uh, staid stuff that's from the 16th century, which is like anything right. but loud right. drums yeah. and rock and roll? Right. right, right. So it's not what we do, but how are we doing it and for what reason are we doing it? And so if you just say, okay, we're going to put a set of drums on stage, we're fixed with yeah. an electric guitar. That's no, not, yeah. that's not it. But I think the fact, it would be one way in which many churches could at least get out of the 1950s. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, Stephanie, as the worship minister? I mean, do you think that as you were watching Chris Tomlin talk and some of the Hillsong stuff, I mean, do you see that transforming? There was a quote that was made about Chris Tomlin, and I want to find it here. It said, more people are singing Chris Tomlin songs right now than any other artist's songs mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah. That's pretty, That's a pretty big. Ama- but yeah. I wouldn't say that he would be, be near as popular as maybe an Amy Grant or a Michael W. Smith mainstream wise. They know, I think people know his songs, mm-hmm. but it's not 
heed that's being marketed. At least that's my perspective mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The only way you'd know is to look at royalties. Yeah, well, that's right. true. Yeah, right. I'm not saying he's hurting. Right. I'm not saying that uh, he's not doing well. Right. But there was this really cool um, story in the movie where Louis Giglio, great preacher, and Chris Tomlin, they're leading this week of church camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. Tomlin wakes Giglio up late at night, and he says, I got to play a song for you. And he starts playing the song. I think it's We Fall Down yes. was the song. Mm-hmm. And he said to Louis, he said, do you think I could play that song tomorrow night during the worship service? Mm-hmm. And Louis Giglio said, Chris, people on every continent mm-hmm. are going to sing that song. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And that's the transforming power of worship music that I think really takes off. Mm-hmm. So, well, I guess it's if it's anointed by God, it's, yeah. it's going to be used no matter if it's a hymn or a new you know, worship song. I, I just like variety, yeah. and yeah. I think I think you can't have variety if you don't embrace the the new. Right, you, you you can't have diversity or you can't have that variety if you don't if you don't embrace some of that. I think it's good to hold on to the old as well. Yeah, I mean I think people roll their eyes when we sing a song from the eighties. Oh, like why are we singing something this old? You know, an eighties. But yeah. for some people that has touched them very deeply. You know, and, and when, especially when you're a church with all ages, right? You're not just trying to you know, deal with one, one age person. You have grandma and grandpa and, you know, babies and you have it all there in church. You did something Sunday in your absence. You weren't here, but Mm -hmm. you put it together. We sang a song based on Micah 6, 8. We were preaching through the prophet Micah Mm -hmm. and act justly and love mercy and walk up. I don't know if that's a new song or an old song. No, it's an old song Um, by Pat Barrett. Okay. All right. So, I mean, way back, but But you could look around, you know, especially the second time Mm -hmm. that we sang it, because we ended the service with it. You just heard this message on, you know, what's the Lord want us to do? And now we're singing it. And I think even if someone says, well, that's not maybe my favorite style, right. or that's not the song I would pick. Right. It fits with the flow of what's happening today. Greg, I think that we forget, and I say we, uh, as, as Christians, as, as the church, we forget that one time at once, one time the songs that we uh, hold as cherished and sacred were one-time new songs right. and maybe even controversial yes. songs. Right. Right. And and I think we looking over history, you see that with the movement of the Holy Spirit in history, times of revival, there were always these uh, uprisings or these these swells of new music as a reflection of that new. Uh, spirit of God that was moving, and I think yeah. I think the Jesus music was very much a yeah. part of that revival that was taking place. Um, I mean, we don't sing Gregorian chants right, anymore, right. you know. But at one time, that, that was, was that was the that that was the hearts, you know, the heart of of worship. And uh, and so I think that the church has to always be sensitive to the moving of the Spirit. There always needs to be a fresh wind yeah. that's moving, and there's going to be. Uh, as a result of that fresh wind, new music and new expressions of praise and worship, and, yeah. and we have to be aware of that. So we're singing hymns a week from Sunday, right. Hymnology 4.0. Mm-hmm. Are you saying at some point it won't be hymnology, but it will be praiseology mm-hmm. or um, one-time <laughs> modern worshipology or Could something be. along those lines? But you're right. You know, at one point, yeah. I'm guessing some of these hymns that we consider sacred and holy, there were probably some crotchety people not very happy that That's right. they were being sung. That's can right. you say in your hymnology, you can. Go you ahead. Can in your not, hymnology so. weekend, if you did Because He Lives, yeah. Yeah. people would be sitting in the... Some oh, people yeah. from the 60s would be sitting there with tears coming down their cheeks right. yeah. thinking, we're singing something old. And I go, well, it's nowhere near as old as Fanny Crosby right. or right. Charles right. Wesley. Right. right. But it's from the 60s, and so it's heart language. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For Christians, yes. mu- the music language. that... What was the music that was around when I came to know Christ or when mm-hmm. my Christian story mm-hmm. really became pre- prevalent mm-hmm. in my life? 
though that music is their heart language. Mm -hmm. yeah. To take it away from them, not let them hear it from time to time is wrong. Yeah. But to think it's the only heart language mm -hmm. is wrong also. Right. right. So the movie began with a quote from Michael W. Smith. Music is the most universe, most powerful universal language in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's right. I mean, I think he's spot on on that. What's the takeaway for us today as we start to wind down this episode? I've got a couple things I want to do before we wrap it up. But what's the takeaway? Because there's people listening to this. Maybe they go to a church of 50. Uh, there's people that are listening to this. Maybe they haven't been to a in-person worship service mm -hmm. since COVID mm -hmm. happened. You know, there may be people that go to a mega church that are listening. What, what's kind of the universal takeaway as we consider music and the blessing that it is? And I mean, from a guy like Larry Norman, I mean, you want to talk about a guy that broke all the rules, but a lot of people... You know, learned about Jesus because of it, all the way up to a polished guy like a, a Chris Tomlin or a, a massive gathering like Hillsong United. What do you think? Anyone? Takeaway? I think the challenges of the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and aughts are still with us. Okay. How do we communicate the story of Jesus Christ? Yeah. How do we sing the story of Jesus Christ? Yeah. And particularly, there's a new challenge for us today, and that is people don't sing as well as they used to. Yeah. Some of the songs. Now, why that, is that? I think so because some of the songs that we write are, hard are harder to, to learn and yeah. sing, and the yeah. melodies are more difficult. Okay. And that's not a criticism. That's an observation. And we yeah. don't look at music with our eyes. Right. We don't look at a hymn book. We don't look at music with no, our eyes. we watch screens. Yeah. And, and yeah. plus, we live in a different culture where sport, where it's probably a different topic, but right. where um, the power of music has become, in our present generation, much more observed than experienced in the sense that television, we watch music, we go to concerts, and we, we experience rather than sing, whether it be secular or Christian. Yeah. That has some influence upon us yet. So I think that's the new challenge for us okay. as Christians. How do we get people to now not only experience, but to also yeah. sing and participate? Okay. Dale, what do you think, man? Well, maybe this is more of a takeaway from the, the film itself yeah, for yeah. me personally was as as the church, you know, we, we have to be careful about uh, about being judgmental, yeah. uh, about new music. I think we need to be discerning. Yeah. I mean, we can always critique. Right, right. Uh, and, and I think uh, I think we should critique music. Yeah. So, you know, make sure that it's theologically sound. But sure. But um but it kind of goes back to what Wayne was, I think, was getting at earlier was th that so much of music is uh, cultural preferences, and yeah. and we, you know, we mix up the theology with the ideology, yeah. and um, and so w we need to be careful as 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 Christians not to be uh, judgmental, yeah. and we need we need again to look to where the spirit is moving yeah. and ask ourselves, is this a, uh, a reflection of a, uh, of a new spirit of, of, yeah. uh, of faith and yeah. movement? Mm -hmm. Stephanie, the worship minister. Well, I just think that music is a gift from God. And I mean, I think about Amy Grant who probably had a guitar and was a nobody. But God gave her the gift, and it was a gift before she became famous. Yeah. She was just 
praising God probably with her guitar. And I yeah. think I think sometimes we're we're just very judgmental. Either it's too loud or it's too yeah. soft or they're not singing the one I like or we're not going to they're singing it a different way. Yeah. You know what? Music is just a gift from God that really has blessed people clear back in yeah. the, the the Israelites. I mean, yeah. Yeah. in their worship, they sang together. You know, they um they learned things by singing. And mm-hmm. so it's just a gift and we shouldn't critique it so heavily, I don't think. So the three of us were part of a funeral on mm-hmm. Thursday, yeah. Earl, Morg- yeah. Earl Morgan's funeral. Yeah. And Dale, you did a great job with it. It was just a blessing mm-hmm. to be there. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that when we were speaking, the family was engaged. And may- maybe an occasional tear was mm-hmm. wiped away. But when they sang that song, mm-hmm. Mansion on the Hilltop, mm-hmm. which I don't know that I've ever even heard that song before. I, I know. I- I'm young. But, um, <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about emotion? Mm-hmm. That song brought an entire family Mm -hmm. just flowing with emotion. And then Amy Shepard actually sang, you were playing, Stephanie, and Amy said, join in. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was the capstone for them, that song Mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of confirms what Michael W. Smith was saying, Mm -hmm. the universal power Mm -hmm. of music. I thought it was great. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Wayne, any final thoughts as we wrap up, buddy? We're almost no, done. No, you're messing with me. That song. <laughs> I've got a mansion on the hilltop. Just over yeah. the hilltop. Never I can't heard believe of he's never heard never of it. Never heard of it, man. I'm trying to remember the guy who, I played piano for that guy one time. Wow. The guy who wrote that song. So how old are we talking? Is oh, that song. song is probably written in the 50s. I okay. I think it's kind of, it feels yeah. like a 50s song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this would have been probably about 1977, 78 when I played for him. The cool thing about this mm-hmm. is Earl actually picked these songs mm-hmm. like 17 years ago, 18 right. years ago. Right. And you got, and I can't remember the other one. I'm, I'm uh, the King for, is Coming. The King is Coming, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just, the, the Well, that tells you. Power. I mean, that was 17 years ago. Yeah. He never picked a new one. Right, right. <laughs> he never right. said, I've changed my mind. I right. want a newer song. Right. It was those, probably the moments that were important to their family and, Yep. You know, that meant a lot to him, and that's what he stuck with. Well, hey, this has been a blast. we got about two minutes left. i got a couple things that I've got to get to. Okay. I can't pass up our Word of the Week. Okay. Don't so last up. week's Word of the Week was uncanceled. This week it's Valentine. Okay. And so, you know, uh, this week was Valentine's Day. Do you know the story behind Valentine's Day? It goes back to 270 A.D. when St. Valentine, a holy priest in Rome, was executed by Claudius the Cruel, hmm. the emperor of Rome. He was very, very frustrated that his army wasn't tough enough. Hmm. They were falling in love. They were going off. They were getting <laughs> married. They were, Having you know, families. staying committed to their wife. And uh, Claudius decided enough was enough. And he said, I want no more marriages. I want my soldiers to be tough. Hmm. And uh, Valentine said, I can't do it. And he was performing these marriages in secret. And so on February 14, 270 A.D., St. Valentine was executed. It's kind of a sad story. It doesn't story. really kind of fit it with, uh, romance. you know, go eat fried oysters at, uh, right. you know, and the possum trot. It doesn't really. Chocolate and flowers. You know, bring that. Is that what you had at the possum trot? Oh, yeah. Fried oysters. Oysters I love for them. Valentine's oh, Day? I love them. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. They're, huh. ser- yeah. they're serving them in the mansion over the hill. There you, there you go. There you go. There you go. Did Marley eat I, one of those? No, no. no. Okay. The guy's name was Iris Stampill. Okay. And the reason the song became popular, I just looked it up. Yeah. It's another one that Elvis. Wow, that's good stuff. Recorded. Hey, good news segment as we wrap up. My friend, Pastor Thomas Miller, New Life Church of Faith, is going to have our friend Dale Ronaldo Hudson yes. at his church this Saturday. Men are invited to come at 10 o'clock. Ronaldo's got an incredible story of transformation, and you will be blessed if you are there. So, Wayne Kent, thank you. Bless Dale you. Daniel, thank you. Thank you. Stephanie, as always, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, you've listened to Direct Line. We'll see you next week.